whatever we can do to support them. We have to be fiscally responsible in that process, you know, with budgets and things like that. Um, but however we can support them so that they can all be successful. And in the end, we want the kids to be successful. We want the teachers to be successful. We want, you know, everybody in that process to be successful because everybody in Coeur d'Alene then is also successful because we're creating a great product out of our kids. Hey everyone, Cole Turnbull with Coraline Advice Givers, where we interview Coraline business owners, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to bring Coraline residents the best advice from our community's brightest minds. Today I'm joined by Michael Pereira, who's a candidate for the District 4 Senate seat for the state of Idaho, as well as the owner of two small businesses here in Coeur d'Alene, Pereira Consulting and Studio 1020 with his wife. We'll dive in and find out what drives Michael, why he's decided to run for office, and what values he stands for. Sit back and relax. Here comes episode with Michael Pereira. Thanks for coming on, Michael. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. Before we get into your professional life, do you want to share with us how you got to where you're at today? Yeah, you bet. So I originally moved here from uh, Sacramento, California in 1992. Um, my stepdad opened Geno Construction and my mom opened uh, Kinder Magic, which is a preschool kindergarten. So I went to uh, Coeur d'Alene High School my first year, went to Lake City High School and graduated from there, went on to NIC, and then graduated from the University of Idaho. So after that, I went and worked at Terra Graphics for five years uh, up on the Superfund site up in Kellogg. And then uh, from there, I went and worked for a national firm down in Boise, Idaho, and then another national firm down in Park City, Utah. And then from there, I went to Utah the Department of Environmental Quality. And then I moved back up to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, where uh, I became a minority owner in a small consulting firm. So I worked there for about five years. And then I joined Sterling Bank, which which eventually was bought by Umqua Bank as an environmental risk officer, where, where I work today. So I've kind of you know gone from construction to consulting to engineering to the banking world. So I have a pretty good background of, of a mix of development and engineering. Um, and then my wife and I opened a nail studio. So that's where she's been for the last five years. And then I have an environmental consulting firm on the site as well, just doing environmental reviews and mitigation and things like that. Yeah. So with, uh, I guess, you know, being environmental coming up in that, um, now today you're, you've declared that you're running for state Senate, uh, district four. Um, what has taken you from, you know, being involved in environmental issues to now, you know, running for Senate? So for most of my, my professional time here in Coeur d'Alene, I've been a part of the core group, uh, CDA 2030, IDFY, KCYP, you name it, a platform that I could give back to the community and help in the community. So that's kind of been my, my drive, uh, to be able to give back to the community and be a part of it, be involved and engaged. And so, uh, I would like to take that to the next level, you know, so I've, I've kind of watched what's going on in the Idaho state legislature, um, from my opponent's view as well. And I it feel like there is a need for a change. And so I would like to take everything I've done at the level I have so far and try and take it up to the next level and create change in there as well. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever foresee yourself running for a political position? 
I did. I've had interest in politics for quite some time. Just it never seemed to be the right time or fit within my lifetime. So, you know, kids were little. I have four kids. Uh, they were really little at the time. So and working 110 hours a week. But, you know, now the kids are a little bit older. Things things are moving along. Um, just feels like a better time in my life to give it a shot. One thing that, that did stick out to me, you know, through all the research is exactly what you've mentioned, you know, your involvement in the core group in uh, CDA uh, 2030 and uh, with um, UMQA as a, a uh, foundation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as well as IDFY and, I mean, the list could go on. How have you basically thrown yourself into you know, being involved in so many different community activities, then you have a family and then you have and everything else. And now you, th- you throw politics into the mix. Like how do you manage the time on that? That's tough. I mean, having, having all those pieces and parts, but, uh, I've always felt like I was a multitasker can get a lot of things done at once. And, um, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I feel like it's a good tribute and I can pay attention to detail plus cover all those things at once. I'm at all my kids, everything, and I will continue to be. I mean, I go to all their sports, all their games. And, you know, my wife and I have a great relationship. So, you know, that was a big discussion prior to entering this race is, you know, is the family ready for this? And the family's 100% on board and, and, you know, backing me in, in this race. Mm-hmm. And so what, I guess, what did you see in the past that has, led you to the point where you were finally like, all right, like I need to step up and, you know, do what I believe needs to be done. Uh, a compilation of all, all of those things. I mean, I've watched over the years, a very divisive uh, political world. And, you know, my philosophy is more about relationships and working together and trying to, you know, make a difference and be united, not go around and let's find everything that we don't disagree upon. Uh, I want to work together with people. So I've, I've kind of watched that divisiveness over the years um, in, in the political world in general, in the Idaho state legislature. So I would like to come in and do that differently. I would like to create positive change. I'd like to work with people. I would like to create relationships and get things done. Yeah. And I mean, was there like anything that you've seen? I know education is a, is a big deal uh, when it comes to, anything in politics really i mean there's you could go on and on and on but first and foremost our children you know education's a big deal kind of where do you where do you stand on the whole education issue of Coeur d'Alene and and where are we at and where do you see us going so and like you said i mean our kids are our future i mean they're the biggest thing we need to be worried about well there's there's a lot of things but there's a lot of things within the Coeur education system that definitely need to be fixed, but there's a lot of really good things going on too. And over the years, Coeur has uh, had, you know, the issue of trying to bring higher paying jobs to the area. And so if we can fix, you know, having our K through 12 system work into our higher education system and our skilled training and bring out a really qualified workforce, we'll have a lot of bigger businesses wanting to move to Coeur because we're, we're putting out a really high quality job force. And so, you know, if we can get that to work all the way through, we'll have higher paying jobs in the end. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of see that, you know, with like the skilled trades and that sort of thing. I think a lot of <laughs> kids almost feel like they get pigeonholed, I would think, into being like, hey, you know, I have to go to college. 
you know, in order to be successful. When right. in all reality, I mean, a lot of the skilled trades are just as important as mm-hmm. a college, you know, college education to go learn what you're going to do. Um, how do you foresee that playing out in the future in Coeur Yeah. So like you're saying that, you know, higher education is not for everybody going to college is not for everybody anymore. And so the things like K-Tech and the different workforce systems that we have going on through all the higher education systems are starting to help, help with those things. And I think they're also trying to connect with our K through 12 system. So a lot of those things are, you know, going backwards a little bit and starting to train for what the future is, which some is unknown. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not an all known. We know exactly what the jobs of the future are, but, there's a lot of people like NIC and U of I and the Innovation Collective. You know, they're all in K-Tech. Everybody's trying to work with our education system and, you know, educate for going forward for what is the future. And with K-Tech, like, have you, have you guys seen, um, you know, being more involved in education than, than most people, I'm sure. Uh, have, have you guys seen a difference kind of since those schools have, opened up to from where they were before of our kind of workforce training. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the programs are getting better and better. There's more programs, more opportunities. It's giving, giving the kids, you know, different avenues to go upon rather than just, just the four year system of college, but there's still a lot of people that do want to go to college. So we still need to focus on that as well. Uh You know, opportunity is great. You know, everybody learns a little bit different or wants to do something a little bit different. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a big, you know, that's a big thing for me. I always thought, you know, gotta go to college, gotta go to college. And then, you know, you, you're done with it and kind of look back in the rearview mirror and it's like, you know, like, I'm glad I went to college, but, you know, or other, you know, other people that like you see in college are like just there for, for the party, right? Like, I'm not here to, not here to learn and better, you know, better themselves. It's basically a four year vacation for some. And, it's it is critical that I think state Idaho's you know pretty far down the list as far as post high school education, uh, correct? Correct. Yeah, we have a lot of work to do when it comes to a lot of metrics within Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what is your vision for Coeur d'Alene in the year twenty thirty? So, I mean, it's hard it's hard to project the exact what's going to happen by twenty thirty, but. Um, you know, I think we need to continue to focus on smart growth. You know, Coeur d'Alene's grown a lot over the years, so we nef- definitely need to to make sure that that growth is smart and well-developed and for the future so that everything is well-connected and working well. Infrastructure, um, education system, if we can get that to work all the way through the, the four-year colleges and tech systems, hopefully we'll have higher-paying industries moving to the area. And then, you know, our healthcare and education systems uh seem to be growing and working together now. So I, I think we have a lot of really good momentum in everything you see. You know, you see all the different healthcare industries working together here in Coeur d'Alene uh, and a lot of really, really good things coming to the area. Yeah. And then, so I know infrastructure in Coeur d'Alene, I always hear people complaining about the, you know, the traffic and, and that sort of thing, which I've lived in Phoenix and Scottsdale and whatever. Traffic down there can just quite a bit, you know, busier than it is here. Right. But as far as the infrastructure goes, like, do you, do you believe that Coeur d'Alene's kind of set up for the growth that a lot of people think we're going to have? Or 
you know, what, what kind of needs to be done in your opinion to help kind of alleviate, you know, the backups and that sort of thing. Yeah. If we continue to grow at the same pace we are now, we're going to have a lot more congestion and traffic. And, and I agree, it's not like living in California, but the traffic is definitely getting, getting worse and more congested. So we need to work on more arterial byways and more, uh, different ways for people to get around, um, and, and we got to make sure we have the funding to continue to work with our local engineers and transportation departments to make that better. Yeah. So like if you were going to like put your foot down and be like, Hey, like I'm Michael Pereira, you know, I'm running for state Senator uh, district four. What do you want people to know about you and your campaign? So, you know, at the end of the day, I think that we need leadership, at that level that works with people that have common sense that know how to create relationships with people. Cause if you don't have the relationships, you can't get anything done. Um, we need people that are not creating divide. We need to unite, you know, for the common purpose, uh, Coeur d'Alene at the end of the day would be my constituents who I would represent. And so when I represent in the legislature, I always need to think back, you know, how does that affect Coeur d'Alene and its people? You know, what can I do to help? What can I do to make it better? Um, you know, I've never in my personal life and my professional life, I've never, you know, created some divide. I always tried to reach out my hand, even to competitors. You know, you you try and work together for the common good of your clients or things like that. So um, I want people to know that I am a voice that will, you know, work with people and try and create change. Then, yeah. yeah, ultimately, you know, better the community. I think that's right. that's kind of a common thing that, that comes up and people I interview, you know, local business owners and stuff from Coeur d'Alene on, on the podcast is that, you know, people support one each other, you know, one another. We interview people, you know, say from one brewery to the next, like they aren't like total separates. Like they know that, you know, the common, the common good, like the better, you know, the more craft beer becomes popular in Coeur d'Alene, the better it is for all of them. Right. Um, and that's, that's one thing, I guess going back on the education topic is I know you were quoted saying that education should not be a political issue. Um, and I, I agree on that. Is there anything else as far as education and what else, you know, can people look for if, you know, they vote for you that you'll help accomplish in your Senate? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we need to listen to our, to our school boards and our administrators and our superintendents. And, you know, they're the ones working in it day in and day out, the teachers, the kids. So as legislators, we need to listen to that system that's working in it day in and day out. We, you know, we're trying to make a difference and help them in any way we can. So, but the experts in it day in and day out, you know, our kids, our teachers, our administrators, our school board, they're, they're the ones working in it and trying to you know, change it as much as they can. So whatever we can do to support them, we have to be fiscally responsible in that process, you know, with budgets and things like that. Um, but however we can support them so that they can all be successful. And in the end, we want the kids to be successful. We want the teachers to be successful. We want, you know, everybody in that process to be successful because everybody in Coeur d'Alene then is also successful because we're creating a great product out of our kids. They're learning, um, you know, they're a talented workforce and then businesses are successful 
because of that talented workforce. And again, the high paying jobs hopefully come to this area because of you know, what we're putting up. Yeah. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there with you know, the education is, is the base of everything. Like you try to shortcut and, you know, maybe bring in some big corporation, you know, to get a influx of, of jobs or something like that. But yeah. in all reality, I mean, that's, that's not really, I don't think the common goal of Coeur d'Alene. Uh, and Coeur d'Alene, you know, over the years has kind of transformed, right? Mm-hmm. Like used to be a logging community. You know, I came from logging family. Um, you know, the, the river down there you used right. to remember growing up seeing like the tugboats, you know, pulling the logs down the river and, yeah. and all that's, I mean, it's, it's all gone now. Like you don't really see that. You barely see. Yeah. yeah, you barely see any logging trucks around anymore. Now I think we're, you know, we've kind of transitioned into more of a, a tourist resort style town. Mm-hmm. Um, what other business sector do, do you foresee um, growth coming in? So we have a huge shortage in our construction trades. And so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, somewhere within those technical training systems that gets... <laughs> Uh, that gets taken care of because we need we need more skilled labor, for sure. Um, you know the innovation den and, and NICs, Gizmo thing like that. They're all trying to create some more technical resources here in town because a lot of more a lot of the businesses here have a a more technical trade approach. And so, uh, you know, I'm hoping that we can we can uh, educate our kids to be prepared for that future workforce of the tech trades. Yeah. So plumbers, electricians, that sort of thing. There's a, there's a good shortage of that. I mean, I, I see that too in my everyday, you know, you have people looking for, uh, anyone, you know, to work contractors, whatever, to to work on homes, you know, get homes built. It it is, it, there's a delay. So the delay comes where there's a shortage of the labor. Right. Um, what other, uh, what other topics do you hang your hat on in your campaign besides education and business? So, I mean, the second amendment is pretty important to everybody. I mean, the, the right to bear arms. And I, I believe in the second amendment. Uh, I also believe that it's our duty to protect our kids. So, you know, I want to try and figure out a common sense solution to protect our kids without infringing on the second amendment. So how we get that done is we're going to, again, we have to work together. We're all going to have to have a conversation. So we have a, we all have our kids in the schools and it's very, very important to me and hopefully to everybody else that the, the kids are safe. So that's, yeah, that's, I, I mean, that's the million dollar question, right? Is, right, right. is how do you, how do you talk about and go about solving that, that dis- it's a disease really that's taken over the country of having, you know, all these, school massacre shootings and, and all that kind of stuff. Like in Coeur you know, in your eyes of Coeur like what steps or measures do you think could be done to, to help prevent one from happening in, in our neighborhood? So I'm hoping that, you know, as time goes on that, you know, our law enforcement and our school boards and our superintendent and our administrators will all work together to try and figure out what, what the solutions are, the fixes for the schools. I mean, it all takes money, mm-hmm. but you know, if money was no factor, what would we do? You know, I, I don't see uh, our kids safety as a, a money issue, meaning 
you know, we shouldn't not protect your kids because we don't have the money. Yeah. So we need, we need to figure out something there, whether that is deterrence, you know, there's lots of ways to go about at least putting some deterrence in place. Um, whether that's an armed guard outside or one way in and one way out, or mm-hmm. more camera systems that are integrated with our, uh, local law enforcement. You know, there's just lots of pieces and parts that we can put into place that will at least hopefully stop. You know, even if we just stop one, that's, that's great. I mean, we want to stop them all. Yeah. But, you know, if we can integrate all those things and our, and our local law enforcement definitely needs to be involved in that conversation. Yeah. I think, and when you get on that conversation, you know, I think it's, it's a touchy, touchy. It touchy. is. It's definitely touchy. And, and I don't think it's a one size fits all answer either. You know, like some schools, like, you know, depending on their locations, demographics, mm-hmm. you know, all that sort of thing, you know, I feel like you should probably have a different approach as opposed to, you know, some other schools. Um, and that's definitely something I think that, you know, down, down the line you look at and it's like, I don't know if there will ever be a perfect answer, right? but it, so it is critical. Like you said, you know, money should not be an issue when it comes to making sure our ch- children can go to school right. and not have to worry, you know, about their safety. They should be worrying about their, their grades, right. You know, right. on a test as opposed to some, you know, their, their safety should not. Yeah. Be they shouldn't have to go to school and worry about being safe. Exactly. Um, if you could go back in time, not like any time, like you could high school, post college, whatever, um, you know, just before you started running for Senate, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, not to sweat the little things, just continue to work hard, have grit, you know, uh, work with people. Um, yeah, I mean, the small things in life are not the, not the things that you think are, are when you get older that are such a big deal, just not sweat the little stuff and just keep working hard and, what, how, how do you not sweat the little stuff? Like, do you just <laughs> mentally tell yourself like, Oh, that's not a big deal. I'm not going to worry about it. Or do you like, you know, was there's some book or, or some, something you read or anything that kind of helps you do that? Yeah. We all have that, that, you know, the thing that brought us to who we are today, you know, all those, all those different stories that, that build our character all the way through and, uh, throughout all of my life experiences and the things I've gone through, not to say my life's been horrible by any means, but you know, lots of really good people throughout my life, a uh, great, f- solid family base, um, just brought me to, you know, you, you can't just focus on all the negative stuff and go down that path of everything negative. You got to just push yourself back over to the positive side and start fixing what you can. And, you know, what you can't change, you can't change right that second, but you know, you can come back to it and take your positivity and, and try and create that change. Exactly. And so if there's been one thing, I guess, you know, negative thing that happened to you that ta- taught you a life lesson, like, can you think of one off the top of your head? Uh, I mean, nothing, nothing horrible has happened to me in my, in my lifetime that I can think back and thank God. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but all my, all my sports days, wrestling, football, basketball, I mean, just having coaches there that teach you just grit and working hard and working through things and working as a team and you know, just all those pieces and parts coming together to present day is kind of where I'm trying to head with this campaign is I, I want to get in there and yeah, make a difference, work as a team, create change, create relationships, have grit in everything, everything I do.
Yeah. And so what accomplishment have you been most proud of now? It's been a couple months, right? Since you declare that you're running for, for Senate, mm-hmm. what has been an accomplishment that you've been the most proud of that you didn't really foresee happening? Uh, so far on the campaign, so I've tried to meet with almost everybody in town, elected officials, uh, presidents, CEOs, trying to, you know, get their feedback. And, and the feedback is, has been really amazing, positive, uh, working relationships that I kind of already had in place in some sense, you know, from being a part of the community for so long. And so uh, I'm really proud that those relationships and bonds are still there. And so when I'm going around talking about the campaign, those relationships already exist. And so, you know, we're already talking through, you know, how can we change? What can we fix? What can we do? Um, what are the possibilities? So it's a, a really good conversation to have uh, with all these existing relationships that I've created over the years. So fast forward to, you know, May, you're running for, you have your, your primary election, right? And then you would be uh, ultimately voted in that primary and then, you win that primary, you go on to November, correct? November election. Correct. Yeah, November election. Uh, <clears throat> and then you would take office the following January, right? What kind of is your theory about having bills? You know, legislation, we say, oh, yeah, there's there's change that needs to be done. You know, this, that, whatever needs to be done. Like, what's your theory of how it'll look like is Michael Pereira senator. So when, when we're talking about legislation as legislators, we need to be looking at the whole picture and not just creating bad legislation. Um, we can't just, you know, take a, a bad bill that was already existing in place and create another bad bill with unintended consequences and put that in place. So we've got to be taking a look at creating good bills that create change for the, for the better good. Um, you know, we need, we need to not just write bills for the sake of writing bills. We need those bills. We need to understand what they do, how they affect people and, and understand what the unintended consequences are. Yeah. So it's kind of like the snowball effect, right? Like you, you sit there and you write a, you write a bill just to do it. It's like, you know, you throw it at the wall and hope that it sticks. Right. And then, but ultimately like that could end up snowballing, you know, into a, a big deal right? right down the road. Like you see it happen all the time and in, in big government, you know, right. where it's like, Hey, we need to do something, you know, about healthcare or something like that. And all of a sudden it's like causing, you know, this huge deal, which healthcare is, uh, that's a, right. I mean, that's a whole nother a whole nother issue in itself to yeah. attack. Right. Um, and, and do people want the legislation? Yeah. Like or, or is legislators just writing bills just to write bills? For notoriety, or I mean, we just need to make sure it's smart legislation. Yeah. And I mean, you see it and you sit back, you know, and it's like, why was, you know, why was that bill written? Was it, you know, written as a legacy piece? Like, I, you know, I see some pieces that, that go through the government where it's like, hey, yeah, like this bill's coming on, but it's like, you know, named after right. the person, right? And it, like, hey, like, they're trying to leave their, their stamp, you know, in U S history, in my opinion, a lot of times uh-huh. to where it's not really portraying what the people that voted for them. Right. Want to see. Right. Um, you know, common, common sense legislation. That's not, that's not hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
that about wraps it up. If there's anything else, you know, that, that you would like to uh, maybe leave Coeur d'Alene a lasting thought, um, maybe why they should vote for you or uh, get, you know, Michael Pereira in May. So I, I think I think the community is is ready for a change, ready for someone that is going to not only go in there and work hard, but work with people, create relationships, create change, and go in there and and uh, definitely stand up for the things that need to be stood up for. But we're not can't go in there and yell at everybody and and create divide. You've got to unite people and create common sense solutions. Yeah, and, and then how can people? Uh, find out more about you like hey like they i know i go on when i go to vote sometimes i'm like yeah. half the times i'm just like voting like party affiliation mm-hmm. right like i don't know you know who who the best i don't know what this person stands for right. and really it's shame on me but i know a lot of people do it you know how can people go on and kind of find you know if if your core values align with their core values so they can visit our website at www.pereraforidaho.com if you can spell Pereira. yeah was uh, it p e r e i r a correct correct for the f o r f o r and then yeah. idaho's i d a h o right 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 yeah, <laughs> dot com and you can email me at michael at prayerforidaho.com or call me. I have all my information on the website, so there's many ways to get a hold of me. We have a Facebook page, Instagram page, and a Twitter page. Um, so I'm usually pretty quick to respond to any of the messages, any of the emails, any of the phone calls. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. Yeah, we look forward to uh, seeing you know where you guys go here in the next couple months, and hopefully you know in the in the future of helping lead you know, Coeur d'Alene in the Senate for better, you know, better education for our kids and everything else that's going to fall in line with it. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate hey. you taking the time today. This has been fantastic. You're welcome. <laughs>